for and everybody who's been attending here regularly as, as of late would know is that our brother Max has passed away. He passed away in his sleep yesterday morning. And uh, so he, uh, we, don't, we have no idea what happened. What we do know is that he told his mom that uh, he wanted to go get some beauty sleep. And uh, then he woke up, uh, got up, said hello to her, and then went back and laid back down. And then he, uh, and then we were notified that uh, he did not wake back up from that nap. It was late, and uh, it was late yesterday that it happened. So, what it caused me to do is I was supposed to preach today on Ephesians 2, chapters uh, 11 and 12, but it didn't seem fitting to actually preach on that today after hearing that. And so, if you're watching at home, know that I've kind of shifted gears a little bit. Um, it just didn't seem like the place that I needed to be at, to be honest with you, is that Max, uh, while he was only here for a short time, young guy, you know, uh, lots of, you guys, if you don't know, he had diabetes, he had third degree birds on his leg, he was in and out of the hospital a lot, and uh, he struggled with his health for most of his life, just because of his, just because of the nature of his size and who he was, and uh and, and he was called home. So I don't know why he was called home young. I don't know any of those things, but um, it, it really made me do some reflecting. And so I went searching, trying to find a direction to go, right? Because I think a lot of us are chasing after things that aren't necessarily important, right? In our lives, as you look and you have this realization that you go, we're chasing after stuff. We're, we're just chasing after things and we get to this mindset, and we get this mindset, we go, I have to have more, 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 I have to have more. And it really doesn't lead to us actually being fulfilled in life. Because all we're doing is we're going, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, rather than going, I need Jesus. And Max, you know, <laughs> uh, Max could be difficult in Bible study, I'm going to be honest with you. Because one, Max was heavy-tongued, right? He was Ukrainian and uh, was heavy. Actually, he was from Crimea, which you know, it's, it's kind of a one of those disputed territories. But he was Ukrainian. He called himself Ukrainian, and uh, he had that heavy Ukrainian accent. But also, he had this very devout attitude towards God. He 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 wasn't he wasn't perfect at living to that devout attitude, but he had that attitude. And so we would talk about, you know, what should you do all day? He said, you should be in your Word and you should pray all day long. But what about work? And uh, you could still be working and praying at the same time. You could be spending time with God. He, he was that mindset of going in that this is what we should be doing. And so for me, when, <laughs> when we planted the edge, you're going to go back to this. And so this is kind of where it's a perfect fitting story for this morning. When we planted the edge, we, we did all kinds of work, right? We, we went out, we fired a neighborhood, we did a mailer, we put it in the in the breeze monthly i don't know if you guys get that it's now i think it's called your town or something like that but we put it in the breeze and we sent out a letter and, and we did all of those things right and we were renting in the community center and the day before at the community center they called and they said hey how many chairs should we set up for you and i i, I looked at melissa and uh, I, I, I responded and I said, I think you should put out like 200 chairs, but I think you need to have more in the back is what I told you know, you got to have them stacked up so we can easily get to them. And they were like, are you sure? They were like, we've had lots of churches meet here. And that's, that's not one of the things that, uh, that they ask us to do. And I said, you know, I, I said, I just, I, I just have a sense that that's what it's going to be. Right. And then 
that Sunday morning happened, and while I was outside, this big, cheesy smile on, and if you guys know me, I don't do that very often, right? I was so excited for the day, and I greeted my family as they walked in the door, because they had been setting up and everything. They were outside cooling off. I said, hey, good morning. Don't be excited. It's, God's going to do something amazing. And then, then a couple other people showed up, and then a couple other people showed up, and then there was 12 of us. That was it. There's 12, right? And four of them had to be there because they were my family. We had more people at our preview services than we had at our actual service than when we first launched. And so it was, it, it was great, you know, it, it was, it, so it was great because it, I, I, it humbled me very fast and it made me question everything that I was doing, made me question what I, it was like, is this God, are you really in this? Am I supposed to be doing what you asked me to do? Is this all, so it humbled me very fast very fast. But also, it made me change what I was doing, it made things going, I can grow this, I can do more, I can pursue this, I can. And so what ended up happening is, instead of me chasing after what God had in store for the edge, I started chasing after personal aspirations, trying to grow a church. It was terrible, right? Because we would go, okay, we need to do this, and we need to do this, and we, and I'd go to church conferences, and I would try and copy and grab bits and pieces, and I would go to other churches and look at what they were doing and go, okay, can't do that, can't do that, that wouldn't work, and I don't like that, I don't like this, and, and eventually, it, it, I started having this realization that I needed to change the attitude that I had, and you know, to be honest with you, the greatest impact of change happened during covid Right? The greatest impact of change during COVID, because during COVID, it was like, I can't do anything. Like, none of the things that I ever thought that would work. And then coming out of COVID, you look and you go, well, nothing's working now. You know, you just look and go, well, what do we do here? How do we do this? How do we get through this? And so I think a lot of us, for me, I was chasing after personal aspirations, right? As being, the, and, and for me, I still have some of that, right? I'm still going, hey, I want some success. I want some stuff like that. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's the motivation of what you're doing, that's a problem. If it's the motivation of what you're doing, it's the problem. And so this, this series is, is really I'm talking about this consistent pursuit of more. More things, more property, more acquisitions, more people, more and more and more. Money, perfection. You know, have you ever noticed that somebody continues to strive for more and more per perfection, more and more approval? There's a lot of people that are just seeking approval over and over again. And, and for me, this is, I'm very guilty of this, is more and more comfort. So I kind of needed to shift gears a little bit in order to get through this, and so that's what we're going to do. All right. So, do you know that in the past, so I would say in the past, most people in this pursuit of fame... Have you thought about this at all? Have you thought that when you were a kid, just think about when you were a kid, if you were a boy, you used to try and mock batting stances of people. You'd sit there and go, okay, whose batting stance is this? Or who is this? And, and whatever it was, right? You would say, or you would say, I want to be like this person, or I want to be like that. You would, you would pick somebody that would become your little idol until something calls such. And so we would go, I'm going to go and pursue and be famous for something. I'm going to light up the sky. I'm going to be, that's what's going to happen. People are going to like me. And the other thing that we used to like put on top of that is that I am going to live forever. Has anybody ever thought that? 
I, I was a kid. I used to go, what would it take for me to live forever? That's what I would think. What would it take? What do I have to do? Do I have to go through cryogenics, get frozen? What is it going to take for me to do that? What is it going to, cryogenics wasn't really a thing back then. And so most of you in here now would say you're not chasing after fame. Most of you in here would say that. But I, I would bet that you would be surprised to discover that you actually are chasing after fame. I bet you'd be, you know, see, anybody want to be known? Anybody in here? Do you want to be known at all? You, you, it, nobody ever watched the show Cheers? Didn't you watch the che didn't you watch Cheers? Didn't you want to go to, everybody wants to go to a place where what? They know your name. You want to be known. There's no way that you don't want to be, nobody likes walking into a room and going, huh, I don't know a single person in here. I love this. Nobody wants that. It's actually the greatest hindrance of church. It is the greatest hindrance of church. Nobody wants to go to a church that they don't know anybody in. It's the hardest thing to walk in the door to a place that you don't know anybody at. Everybody's like, hey, come with me. Come check this thing out. Nobody wants to walk in. Okay, forgive me. This light is killing me right now. So it's like doing weird stuff everywhere. It, well, it's definitely something happening there. It was. It was the squirrel that kept going off, though, and causing me to be distracted. So it was, uh, but all of us want to be known. All of us want to be known. Here's the next thing. How many of you want to be loved, right? Everybody wants to be loved, right? There was a whole Beatles song about that, right? Everybody wants love. Everybody wants to be known. Everybody wants to be loved. How many of you want to be accepted? How many, if you're at home, you can raise your hand, too. How many of you just want to be accepted? Just, just for who you are. See, here's the thing. A lot of us are a little different than other people, right? And some of us are a lot different than other people. And some of us were, and we just want to be accepted for who God made us to be. Just, I just want to be able to walk into a room and not have somebody look at me and go, hmm, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Because that's what happens. And when I walk out of a room, the same thing happens to you. When you walk out, guess what they do? They talk about you. As soon as you walk away, all the things they wish you could say to your face, they start talking about it. They go, did you hear about so-and-so? Or did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? So we're after that, right? We're after being accepted and not having somebody talk about us as soon as we walk away. We want to be loved. We want to be, we want to be accepted and, and have somebody just go look at us and go, oh. And then, and then, here's the other one. Anyone in here? There's a little different change. Anybody in here want to be admired? You want to be able to look and go, man, you've done something good. You, 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 I'm telling you right now, you want to be admired just a little bit, right? Yeah. You do, just a little bit. And not, not to the point where you're like, hey, come bow at my feet. <laughs> you're not after that. You're not after, you're not after, my wife put her hand out, like, come kiss the ring, baby, come kiss it. <laughs> Not, not after that, right? We're, we're after just that little bit, like, like when people see what we have done, what we've accomplished, that they go, ah, look, look at, look at Mike, look at Melinda, look at Melissa, look at them. The, a little bit of, of, of being admired, we want that. We want that. We, we call it, we call it uh, affirmation is what we really call it, right? We call it affirmation. 
you've done an amazing job, great job. That's what we want. So we want these simple things, right? We want to be, we want to be known, we want to be loved, you know, I mean, just kind of, it's, it, it's kind of simple. We want to be known, we want to be loved, we want to be accepted, and we want some affirmation and some admiration, right? We want, we want those things. These are just the basic things. It's not fame, but it is fame, right? Because the, it, all these things are about what? About being known, about being known. You know, we want credit for the work we do, right? We want everyone to know how good of a person we are. Man, you should understand how many times, how many meals we served at the food bank this week, or how many meals we did this, or how, I'm a, such a good person. How about this? We want more likes on the photos we post on Instagram. Because if you didn't want likes, you wouldn't put photos on Instagram, by the way. So I just got to tell you, if you're using Instagram, and you put a photo on there, and you don't want the likes that are associated with it, then why are you putting a photo on there? It's not memories. Your camera stores all those memories. In fact, there's plenty of services out there. So it's not memories. It's, it's pure, look at me. That's what it is. Look at what I can do. Look what I can do. You know, it's, that's what it is. I know, I'm sorry. Post that too. I want some likes on it. But see, that's what happens is, is that we take more and more photos. Oh, I don't like that. Mm, put that one away. Mm, I don't like that one. Mm, I don't, that one makes me look fat. Mm, don't get that one away. One makes me look skinny. No, 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 I can't do that. You see, we do it because we're actually after those likes. We want, we want that. We're like, that's what I need. It's, and actually, your brain has been treated to it because it actually re releases an endorphin when it happens. When you get a like, you're like, woo, somebody likes me. <laughs> oh. And here's the thing. You actually may not be like, you know, you may not be trying to be known, be admired, but you want to know something? If you have kids, they are, and their peers are. I'm just telling you right now, 10 to 12-year-olds, we can go get Michael, Michael Jr. from the other room, we can bring him in here, we can go, hey, what do you want to do? And he will flat out tell you, I want to be a YouTube star. What? <laughs> what is that? I want, I, I want to be a YouTube star. You know, it's not financial security that they're after. It's not. It's not achievement that they're after. They're not after community. These kids, have you seen how much these kids retreat to their rooms and just go, I don't need people. I'm just going to go play on my computer. I'm going to go get on my phone. I'm going to go do this. Not after community. They're not after achievements. They're after fame. They want to get money for nothing. Do you know? Here's a, here's a weird statistic that I just learned. That 22 to 37-year-olds, do you know what they want the most? The, the, if you start talking to them, 50% of them believe that their lives should be made into movies. 50% of them believe that their lives, should, they should go, my life is so crazy. Are you talking about the life that every other 22 to 37-year-old did playing Xbox all day long? Is that what you're talking about? My life is so crazy. I played so much Call of Duty. My thumbs had the controller in, like embedded into it. It should be made into a movie. That's what they want. Here's this. Here's another thing. And see, these are all things that I've just learned. One in 12, remind you, 22 to 37-year-olds, one in 12 would disown their own family to become a household name. One in 12 would disown their own family to become a household name. One in nine would give up their marriage. One in nine would give up their marriage to be a household name, to be famous. 
one, one in six would give up having kids. That percentage goes up depending upon the day. So one in six is a Sunday. I'll give up having kids if I'm famous. And on, by Saturday, it's like one in three will give up kids because they don't want to have this. If I can be famous, I can go to the club all the time. I can get in for free. People are buying me Cristal. I'm getting everything. Here you go. It's all handed to me. I show up to the club. The party follows me in. That's, that's what people want. It's really scary. It's scary. And, and here we are. We glorify it more. Anybody ever heard this show, Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Who are the Kardashians? I know that one is absolutely crazy. Actually, all of them are absolutely crazy. But one is like off on the, you know, like, hey, I, I think that I'm going to do this gender identity surgery, and then I'm going to run for governor, and we're just going to see how things are all going to work out. He's part of the Kardashians. He raised them kids. I mean, you just got to think about it. I mean, you know, he was also best friends with OJ. Nobody ever talks about that. Nobody ever brings up any of that stuff because why? Because the, the, the what is it, three or four dollars? How many kids are there? How many of the girls are there? Girls. 17 of them or whatever? I don't know. There are five of them because all five of them have gone and, and become famous. Let's not talk about these things. Let's make him the woman of the year. Him the woman of the year. And I, and I get it. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I, I cause enough controversy all on its own. Please don't. I don't play, take, take that and go, Mike's a bigot. I'm not a bigot. I just look and I go, I'm just a realist. I look at it and I go, this is what it says. This is what he looks like. This is what he has. How is he, a, how is he the woman of the year? I, I, I don't, I, it's just me. I'm sorry. Here's the thing. Nothing is wrong with being famous. So if you excel in any field, right? You could be, you could be the best, whatever. Whatever it is that you do, you could be the best at it. You could be one of the best at it. You can make a difference someplace. And you can be fame, and fame Fame is almost inevitable at that point. If you're doing any of those things, fame is almost inevitable. It's going to happen. So let's look at scripture here. So we're going to look at this in so 1 Chronicles 14, 16. So we're talking about David, right? And it says, but David did as God commanded him. That is an important line. So if you are following along with your scripture, if you have, if you have a pen with you, if you don't have a pen, I'm sure there's one in one of the seat backs in front of you. Whatever it is, if you have the, the, the handout that we give, underline, so God did as God commanded. Underline that. That is important. David, David. David, I'm sorry. Forgive my misquotation of scripture. I said it right the first time. But so, so just, just actually underline, David did as God commanded him, right? And they struck down the Philistine army. And it says all the way from Gibbon to Gazar. So David's fame spread throughout every land. So underline that too. So, so underline, so David's fame spread throughout the land. And the Lord made all of the nations fear him. So here's the thing. Solomon asks for wisdom. And here's God's response to his, him is, I will also give you riches and fame. That's what happens here. So Solomon asked for, he goes, hey, I'm gonna, I, I just want wisdom. God responds, I'll also give you riches and fame. Now, Jesus, Jesus was famous. It may not quote that anywhere in scripture, but Jesus was famous. Anybody who walks down any street in the town and has crowds following him is probably famous. You know, it's not like he, he didn't go put out billboards. He didn't go rent park benches and put his, his face on it. He didn't 
get the back of a bus and put his, you know, any of those things. He was famous because of what he had done. He had been obeying what God had asked him to do. And so he was famous for obeying God, for doing what God had commanded him. And so when you look at this, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not like Jesus showed up to places. He goes, you may or may not know who I am. I'm a pretty big deal around here. I have these magic hands. Watch how this works. That's not how Jesus did it. Jesus did what God was asking him to do. He just moved in that direction. But, and I just want you to know this because there's nothing wrong with being famous. There's, there's a, but the, the desire for fame is dangerous to your faith. The desire to pursue those things. So, whew, the nature of what famous is has changed though recently. Have you guys noticed that? Have you guys noticed that the desire and that the rise of social media and YouTube has kind of changed things? That in years past, people became famous because they did something significant. The occupation that they had, what accomplishment they did. If you run a Nobel, if you won a Nobel Prize, you're almost instantly famous, right? Now nobody even knows. Anybody know who won the Nobel Peace, Peace Prize this last year? It's usually a president. It's usually who they give it to. Uh, anybody know who won the Nobel Peace Prize for, the, for science or for rocket or for any of those things? You don't know. In the past, you used to know all of those things. Or you were a dancer. People got really famous for being dancers back in the day. You know, they, or an athlete. We know that. That Baby Ruth candy bars were actually named after Babe Ruth. You, you know, I mean, like, how much more famous do you get than that? That they're still, we're still eating candy bars today because of a fat dude back in the 30s. He could play great baseball, but it was, they named that candy bar before he was great. They just said, hey, this is going to be good. We're going to make some money off of this guy. Then it took off. Movie stars became famous. A hero. Somebody who did something significant. Somebody who saved somebody. Somebody who did things. But the rise of social media and YouTube has made things, it's become crazy. I mean, just think about this. If you have good content... Silly content. Maybe you could be discovered like Justin Bieber. Anybody know that Justin Bieber was discovered on YouTube? Everybody know that? Yeah. You put that stuff out there. You know, people pay to watch other people play games. Have you got, I, I, got, I have to tell you this. So I asked my son and my daughter sometimes. So my daughter, who's in the back of the room back there, you know, helping do this right now. She, uh, you'll ask her, hey, what are you watching on YouTube? I'm watching people play Minecraft. What? I'm watching other people play Minecraft. Help me understand this concept. I want to watch other people build things that I can build, that I can literally do this. Well, yeah, but they, they just do it so fast. And so, oh, yeah, but I can put the video in t double speed if I needed to, man. I can put it that way. But it's like their thing. You ask Michael Jr., you go, hey, Michael, what are you watching? I'm watching other people play Apex. What? It, it, that's what's making people famous. I'm going to watch other people play games. Or, <laughs> when my son was a little smaller, he would watch other kids open up and play with toys. Like, he would watch them. We, he would go, I want to get this one, this one, this one, and this one. How, oh, why, how'd you find that one? Because this other little boy, he, was, he got him on, on, you know, there was, I can't remember the name of the family. Do you remember the FGTV or whatever it is? that they would open up the toys, and now they have their own toy line that he had to go pursue. He was like, I'm going to go pursue their toy line. I had to go do this. Or how people smash each other with, with a pie in the face. Or any of the, anybody watch those fails? Anybody watch the fails? I, I know that you do. 
It's the number one rated thing that we play at the, at the coffee shop. When we put those on, people just want to watch people smash their face into... Now people are doing that on purpose. And they were doing it on purpose before. It was called jackass. Why did they call it that? Because they knew that they were jackasses for actually putting it out like that. Every show opened up, do not do this at home. And what did people do? They started doing it at home. There was more videos out there of people running their faces into ceiling fans than ever before as soon as that came out the first time. You have to think about, this is what people think that's going, this is going to get me popular. I'm going to smash my face with a ceiling fan. <sighs> or how about, how about this guy from Target? Sunday afternoon, a girl that was on Twitter decided to go in. She saw a boy that she thought was cute at Target, took a picture of him. That day, he went from having 144 likes on, on, on Instagram to having 300,000 likes on Instagram because of one girl's photo. What are we doing? What are we doing? You know, it, it's crazy on how things are going, how things have... And we look at this and we go, that's what we're going to pursue rather than pursue God. These are the things that we're after. And so when you experience somebody close to you, there's somebody that's your, somebody around you, that, and they, when you experience a death, you're like, going, how do we, we have to go, and we have to really assess what we're fundamentally chasing after. What's going to happen? You, you know, one day, something's going to happen. Maybe you'll post something. It'll blow up. It'll, you'll get discovered. You'll go big. You'll be a YouTube star. You'll get verified. You'll get the little check next to you. Thousands of them will be paying you to discover and make videos, but it's probably unlikely. If you follow God, and you do what God has asked you to do, you're possible to build a following. It's possible to make a living, but it's guaranteed that you'll make a difference. There's a difference. There is a major difference. Because all the things that you could do, you could get rich, but you'll never make a difference in somebody else's life, unless you do what Jackass did and cause other people to go to the hospital, other people's medical bills to go up, other people's things to happen like that. Even though they gave you that warning, but if you follow Jesus and you do what he asks you and you do what he commands you, you can build a fame, you can make a living, but you will guarantee to be making a difference. That's just how it goes. See, like wealth makes it difficult for us to follow Jesus. When you're wealthy, it's very difficult to follow Jesus. It is. Fame does the same thing. It does. Fame does the same thing. Fame moves the trajectory of your life. It changes where you're going away from God and away from others and more towards yourself. Yeah, that's what happens. As, you, as you're trying, you become self-centered. You become very, and if you're not trying to make a difference for God, then you're trying to establish a difference for you and it makes it to where you're already self-centered. I'm just going to tell you that now. See, perhaps John the Baptist lived it the best, right? Perhaps he does. He's a crazy prophet. People are looking at him. He's like, man, this guy's kind of weird. And, and he says, here's what John says. Well, here's what John says about John in, 3, 3, in, in John 3.30. He says, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He's referring to Jesus. He's going, he must become greater and greater and greater, and I must become less and less and less. So as I'm doing what am I doing? And am I doing it for Jesus? Am I doing it in this way? Is it, is it him that I'm trying to glorify? Or is it, is it me that's trying to take the credit going, look what I did. Look what I did. Look at what I made happen. Look at what this. And so as you go through and as, you're, as we're struggling through life, some of us, 
Some of us were struggling through life as we're trying to pursue things and riches and everything else. We're trying to, even just trying to pursue life itself, just trying to get through the day. You have to figure out, he goes, he must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. What am I doing it for? Which direction where am I going? Where is, it's a question of motive. What is the motive of your actions every day? Here's the best question. Who are you representing? It's like the, the Cheshire cat, right? Who are you? Who are you representing? Who are you representing in this? Number two, we're also going to say is whose approval matters most? Who are you representing and whose approval? So let's go back to this. Who are you representing? So if you consider yourself a Jesus, if you consider yourself a Christian, are you representing Jesus? Or are you representing something else? What is it? You, you know, are we, are you representing, I mean, just think about what you are pursuing and what are you after? Or what do you, what, you know, or are you pursuing something that is brown with a fluffy tail, it eats nuts, it climbs trees? Squirrel. 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 What are you representing? I will tell you, you better go with Jesus. Stop chasing after the squirrels that you continue that just pop up. Squirrels happen all the time. It does. It, like for me, it, it's, it's a, almost a daily occurrence that some sort of squirrel pops up and I go, oh, I have to go fix that. And I go chasing after a squirrel. Rather than, perfect example. The best example ever right now. This morning at 10.15, I got a text message as we were, as you were in the middle of worship, I had to go out and I was responding to text messages about toilet paper. The woman ran out of toilet paper in the dorm. Okay. That is a squirrel moment, bigger than any other squirrel moment that I've had in the last five months. Because here I am responding to that rather than coming in and worshiping, going, this is this time that I'm supposed to take this and put myself in a posture of not only worship, but preparing my heart to teach. And here I am, I allowed a squirrel to come in and distract me from what was, what's most important and, and allow me to pursue after something. Is it important? Sure. Yeah, people... But it's not the most important thing. See, this is the problem with us, is that for a lot of us, We'll go, that's important, I have to take care of it. But we forget what's most important. We go, I need to deal with this. I have to deal with this. I have to deal with this. But what's the most important thing? Anybody ever, if you've ever read any sort of productivity books, it tells you, build a to-do list, right? Build a daily to-do list. A daily to-do list. And the reason why is because it's better to do it than the, before you get all of the things that are going to blindside you from the day, right? So you just go, this is the most important things I need to take care of today, in one through 10. And you just start knocking them off. You go one, and then when something comes, you look and go, I'm going to add that to my do list. I'm not going to just jump onto that because I've already assessed what's been important for the day. I've already said, this is important, this is important, this is important. Not what's coming in from this left or, this, from left or right field, because Things will always come in from left or right field. Now, if what comes in from left or right field is the house is on fire, yes, that's more important than your to-do list. Hey, somebody's sick, that's more important than your to-do list. Somebody's got this going, it's more important than that. And you have to go, okay, I have to deal with that. But 
When you're allowing things to just invade and allowing you to become like a, a you, what ends up happening is you become a buckshot. And if you use a gunshot res, a reference here, so and if you guys know what buckshot is, it spreads and it goes out multiple different directions. You, we need to be better at being more targeted and going, this is what I need to pursue. And what we need to pursue is Jesus. That's where we need to be at. We need to go, I need to be pursuing Jesus and stop allowing the squirrels to get into this and, and, and pull me out in these different directions. See, we get up in the morning and we allow these other squirrels to come up. What are you going to think about me? What are you going to think about what I preached about? What are you going to think about the outfit I'm wearing? What are you going to think about the post that I just posted? What are you going to think about if I'm cool or not? Rather than going, what does it actually matter what you think? What really matters is what Jesus thinks. What really matters is what God thinks. I, I, and I hate to say this. What you think really matters nothing as long as I'm doing what God asked me to do. It, it, it's terrible to say that, but it's the truth. Yes, I want your affirmation. Yes, I want those things. But if it, comes, if it becomes your affirmation, God's approval, I have to go for God's approval, not affirmation. And that's, that's, it's a change. 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. So, think about your life as this ambassadorship. If you were, if you were the ambassador to just pick any country, your favorite country, don't care which one it is. If you're the ambassador to that country... You speak for the United States. You speak for, so everything you say, everything you say has to be pointing towards that. This, the conversations that you have with people all have to point towards the United States. And you're trying to point to the United States in a public, in, a, in, a, in an uplifting type of situation, right? God is good. God is great. The United States is good. The United States is great. Now, everybody knows that the United States has some flaws, right? We should just be clear here. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows this. But guess what the ambassador does? The ambassador goes out and goes, oh no, we don't have any flaws. Everything is perfect. That's what they do. And they represent themselves in such a position that they, they come off as things, hey, we walk in, we dress well, we look good, we have this going on, we, we, we represent the United States. So this is a call as Christians, we represent God that way. Is God, is, now, are people going to have questions about God? Yes or no? Right? Are people going to say, hey, well, why does your God do this? Why did your God allow this to happen? Why does this allow this to happen? And you, what is your response? You have to go, everything's still great. God's still good. God is still great. That's what our calling is. You're still supposed to point them to Jesus. Just like we're supposed to go, we're pointing, as an ambassador, they point them to the United States. And when we don't have the answer, what does the ambassador do for the country? And they go, I don't have the answer. Let me talk to the president and find out. Let me talk to somebody who does have it. So when somebody comes to you and goes, why does your God allow this to happen? You go, well, let me go talk to the, let me go talk to the boss and find out. Let me go seek direction. Why did your God allow this? Why does God allow that? Well, let me go speak to him. Let me go find out. I don't have that exact answer. Why don't we come find it together? Why don't we go look for it together? Why don't we, why don't we go talk to him together? 
That's where it has to be at, and we don't do that. In fact, most of us don't re represent Jesus very well at all. Most of us, if you look at our lives, and, we, and, and myself included, you would just look and you would go, I don't know if they're necessarily Christians 24-7. I don't know if they are. Now, a lot of us will say, oh, no, I am. I am. I'm, a, I'm, I'm devout, Mike. You have no idea. I'm down with the G-O-D. <laughs> but here's the problem. <laughs> You're down when it's convenient. You're down when it's, when it's like, hey, this is, when, when you're struggling and you're knee-deep in it and you're like, oh, what, you're, not, you're not completely down with G-O-D at that point. And you're not, you're not glorifying at that point. You're not going, man, I'm knee-deep in it, but God, you are still amazing. You are still good. You are still great. You know, what happens is, is that we start to turn this corner and we start ending up going into depression and we start ending up going into retreat. We start ending up retreating away from people and we start pulling back. Instead of when we actually need people the most and we need to dive in the most, we, like, we pull away from the way that God has, us, has committed us to communing with one another to grow and to stay out of that level and to go, this is how we get through it together. And so when you say, oh no, I, I do everything that I'm devout, when you, start, when you start going against what Hebrews 10.25 says, let us not forsake meeting together, let us not coming together, let us, stop, let us stop doing these things, all of a sudden you start to see that we're not doing it as ambassadors, we're just doing it when it's convenient or when, it, the, when, the, when the breeze is blowing in the right direction for us. Number two, whose approval matters most? Same answer should be given as Jesus, right? I'm living for God. I'm doing what Jesus asked me to do. I don't seek the approval of people. I shouldn't care what other people think. Here's the problem. We all do. We all do. Psychologists say that desire for fame has its roots in injury and in neglect. That's what they say. You felt insignificant. It was hard to please your parents. You were rejected by friends. You were overlooked. You want to be known now and you want to be noticed. That's what happens. Do you like me? Do you recognize me? Can you validate me? Will you accept me? You know, uh, <laughs> one day we, we had a... a a Kinsietta happening at the church or something like that. Somebody had rented the building and I was there. The kid got out of line and I walked up to him. I was talking to him and he, he literally said, do you know who I am? I have no idea who you are. I'm a YouTube star. That's cool. Yeah, I got to watch YouTube for me to know that. I said, you're a nobody to me and you're leaving. He's like, you don't have to. I'll trash this place. Okay. But that's the mindset that we're at. We, we want to be recognized. We want people, as we, everywhere we go, and I'm going to tell you right now, you don't want that. <laughs> you, you don't want that. Because it, it's awkward when you're pulling up and you're ordering Taco Bell from the same place over and over again. And they don't recognize you from your order, but they recognize you from your voice. You pull up and, hey, how you doing? And they go, Pastor Mike, what? what? Oh, man, can I get the, uh, uh, the, the, the less fat thing that you have? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I, we went to Disneyland one time and somebody walked up and said, Pastor Mike. And I go, oh, my gosh, who are you? Like, how do I escape you? You, you don't want to always be recognized. You don't want that. There's times I'll be walking down the street and people go, hey, Mike. And I go, who are you? And I go, but I don't say that. You know, I turn around and go, hey, how are you doing? I had something happen to me this week. Smart and vinyl. He walked up to me. Hey, Pastor Mike. And I looked at him. I said, dude, I have, like, I have, Melissa goes, who is that? I go, I have no idea. None. Never met him before. Never seen him before. But see, here's the thing is that we, 
We put this out everywhere. And so this, obviously there's more people online watching right now than there is in the building. And so you start looking at this and you go, it's, it's weird to be recognized in places that you'd never expect to be recognized. You're, you're just trying to put your hoodie on and a hat on and just hit, keep your head down. And I can't even do that because then you guys call me gangster. <laughs> I'm telling you. My wife says you can't cut. You, so here's the thing. If you guys did, I'll tell you right now. If it wasn't for my wife, my head would be bald. I hate hair, right? I hate this. She says, you look like a white supremacist. <laughs> I go, okay. So then I'll put on a flat bill hat. <laughs> Here's a, I went on stage at an event with my hat on. I had my sunglasses with me. And I got off stage and literally people said, you're a pastor. You look like a gangster up there. You're a gang member. <laughs> I, said, I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, see, here's the problem. I don't want that, though, right? I just sometimes I just want to be able to put the hat on the hoodie and just go out and be like, please don't recognize me. You know, <laughs> sometimes you want that. But, but other times, you know, just think about this. We still want to be validated. We want people to accept us. We want those things there. See, these are all micro cravings for fame. That's what they are. We overcommit. Anybody ever overcommit? You say yes when you, when you know you should be saying no. They're like, hey, can you do this? You're like, yes, I can do that. Oh, why did I say that? I know I can't do this. I, like, we, we have the worst habit of going, sure, put that on my back. I can take it too. And then all of a sudden we're trying to figure out, man, my back really, really hurts. Why? Why is my back hurting? That's because you're carrying a load that you were never designed to carry. You're carrying everybody else's burdens. <laughs> so I had to tell somebody, this last week, they were telling me about a struggle that they were having. And he says, and I keep thinking about it. I keep thinking about it. And I go, why are you allowing that person to live in your head? Why are you carrying that? You don't need to carry that. Evict that person. Evict the things you don't need to be carrying. You don't need to be carrying other people's things. You don't need to continue to do these things. And then some of us would get overly sensitive to criticism. Oh. How many of us get overly sensitive to criticism? Somebody comes in and goes, hey, I really didn't like that. They didn't say, you suck. They came in and said, I really didn't like that. And you're like, I'm such a horrible person. You heard, you, they said, we should fix this. And you heard, I suck as a person. And that's what you walked away with. You're like, wait a minute. I don't, nobody ever said that. See, the problem is we fear rejection. 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 4 and, and, then, verses, uh, verses four and then 6. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Stop there for a second. We speak as messengers approved by God, entrusted with the good news. Oh, man. We are, it says our purpose is to please God, not people. And so I just want to stop there for a second. How often are you speaking the good news? How often are you speaking it? With your, your mom, with your kids, with everybody. And then when they reject that from you, you go, because there's actually another scripture that says that when, the, when you're rejected from that, you just, you do this number. You kick the sand off your shoes and you walk away. Deuces. I'm out. See you later. Right? You don't want to hear the message? I got another, I got somebody else to go share it with. But see, that's how it is. We are, we, we, for we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. 
He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Woo! So, what is the motive of you speaking the good news? Is it to glorify you or is it to glorify him? And it says, as for human praise, we have never sought it from you or anyone else. That's obviously Paul saying, I've never sought your praise. That's what he's saying there. He's not saying that we as people don't seek other people's praise because that's what we do, but that's what Paul is saying about that group in Thessalonia. See, we are not called to be famous. We are called to be faithful. We are not called to be famous. We are called to be faithful. See, I'm not going to say, God's not going to get there, and when you get there and he's going to go, well done, good and famous social media star, right? Right? That's not what's going to happen. Well, good and faithful servant. Not well, good, well done, good and faithful Instagram star, TV star, movie star, whatever it is. That's not what's going to happen. See, we are called to be faithful, not famous, and being famous doesn't matter. If famous comes along, it happens. But we are not living for the approval of people. We are living for, for the approval from God. That's what we're after. Not striving to become celebrities, but we are submitting ourselves to be servants. Here's what it says. Psalms 115. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Ah. I got a Jim Carrey quote for you. You guys know who Jim Carrey is? Yes. He says this. He says, I think that everyone should get rich and famous and do everything they dreamed of so they can see that that's not the answer. I think that everyone should get rich and famous and do everything they dreamed of so they can see that's not the answer. Less of me, more of him. Less of me, more of him. Psalms 102. My life passes as swiftly as the evening shadows. I am withering away like grass, but you, O Lord, will sit on your throne forever. Your fame will endure every generation. When you have something that happens in your life and you figure out that you go, what have I been chasing after? Whatever am I pursuing? You lose somebody close to you. You lose somebody that's a friend. You lose an acquaintance. And you have to start going, what is it that we're pursuing? What is it that we're chasing after? What are we doing? I start looking at it and I go, Max gave this, this, this amazing example of going, pursue him rather than all of this. Pursue him, chase after this, and maybe, maybe, you'll, glory, maybe you'll get some of these things. But he continued to say, pursue him. It, it was one of the things that, you know, he could be difficult about it. You'd be talking to him. You'd go, man, Max, that's not, that's not how I feel. And he would go, that doesn't matter. That's what Scripture says. <laughs> but he would say it really heavily, Slavic, right? You know, you'd be like, ah. But that's how it would be. And, he, and it was 100% accurate each time that he did it. He would go, this is what it says. And he would, ref he would quote references in the Scripture, but, it, you know, he would quote it, and in, in his book was written in Ukrainian. And so he would have to say, this is what I think it says in English. And you would talk to him, and you'd go, it's pretty close to that. You know, but, but for him, he was always going, it continues to tell me not to worry about what's happening here on earth, but to continue to pursue and seek Jesus. 
And that's what we have to be doing. So I know that today, well, even though we got this news and it was terrible news, I know where he's at because he said, I continue to seek Jesus each and every day. But it caused me to have this fundamental shift in the direction I was going because I'm going, I need to make sure that we're all doing that, myself included. There's been so often over the last, the last year and a half, two years, as we've been dealing with COVID, they're going, how are we going to get back to normal? How are we going to get back to, to, to what church looked like before? How are we going to get back to this? And it's never going to go back to that. We built this specifically as a TV studio. That's how we built this. We, want, we knew that we were always going to have more people watching online because there was always going to be this slight fear of coming back. And so we built it that way. So if we built it that way, then why aren't we using it that way? If we built it to be, that's what it's going to be, then we have to start going, this is the direction we're going to go. This is how we're going to deal with it. This is how we're going to, but we have to start doing it. Instead of going, we're going to go back to the ways of the past. We're going to start changing. We're going to start moving forward in a different direction. There's a great book out there. It's called Canoeing the Mountains. And it's, it's not for you to read, but, but it's a church leadership book. And it talks about Lewis and Clark. And I think I've mentioned this to you before. And so Lewis and Clark were on this expedition, and they thought they were going to find a riverway that would get them all the way over to the Pacific. That's what they thought. As they were going up, they're like, we're going to get up, we're going to get over to the Pacific. And they start taking this, they start taking this journey, they get, and, the, and, and as you know, well, maybe you don't know, but as you start going up the river, and as you start narrowing off, and you start getting away from all the different, the different feeds into the river, it starts getting more narrow and narrow and narrow and narrow because there's less and less water. And so when they got up to the top of this mountain where the, where the stream started and it was just a trickle, Clark, straddling the river, because he could step on both sides of it, he looked at Lewis and he said, what got us to here is not going to get us over those mountains. We're not going to be able to continue doing what we did in the past in order to get to the future. He's looking at the Rocky Mountains and he goes, well, how are we going to get through this? And so for us, we have to start looking and going, how do we get through this next set? Because what we did in the past is not going to be what helps us get through to this future. As we, they, they prepared for a river trip. We're, we've been preparing for the old contemporary way of church. And so we're going, how do we move forward this way? And how do we do this new direction? And how do we do this stuff? Where, where God's going, I don't want you to do that. I caused this disruption in church. I caused this disruption in your lives because I wanted you to change. I wanted you to do something different. I wanted you to go in a new direction. I wanted you to do, I wanted you to reach more people. Do you know, and just this is not part of the message, but this, did you know that in the first four weeks of COVID, there was more salvations than in the two prior years total? The first four weeks compared to the, the prior 104 weeks. And the reason why is because the message reached more people than ever before because it, it went from 9% of churches being online to 99% of churches being online Within four weeks, we reached more people than ever before. What worked in the past isn't going to work in the future. As our lives are moving forward, we need to stop looking backwards going, man, all that glory back there. I mean, just think about it. How much stuff in your past do you look at and go, well, that was a really good time? And that it glorified God. Right? I, I, I use this line, and, I, and again, I'm running out of time here, but I use this line often, or not often, but often enough. Number one, no good story starts out with, so we were, start, we were eating salad, right? <laughs> no good story ever starts out that way. Oh, I was eating a salad, and all of a sudden, the next day, I woke up and didn't know what happened, right? It just you know, it never works out that way, right? <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's healthy, right? That doesn't mean it's a healthy direction to go. What is it that we're doing? How are we glorifying God? How are we moving in that direction? Because what we've done in the past isn't probably going to work in the future. 
How do, we, how do we stop pursuing, how do we stop getting our children to pursue the things that they were pursuing? We can't have them watching TV like they were, can't have them spending time on, on Nickelodeon like they were. The things that were going, we have to change it. Um, but let's pray. Let's start there. And I think we're running out of time. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this message. Thank you for this, uh, this change of direction just for the next couple of days, or the next couple of weeks until we can move back into Ephesians. Uh, Father, we we ask that you just bless uh, Max, Max's family. They're, they, are, they, are, they are trying to struggle through what's happening right now. And any of us that have ever experienced the loss, we know that the pain doesn't go away. We just start to deal with it differently each and every day as we move forward. And so, Father, we ask that you, that you be the great comforter that you are, that you continue to love, that you continue to, 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 to comfort them as they're going through this difficult time and as they have to make decisions that they never thought they'd be making for their little boy. Father, continue to be with that family. As for us, Father, help us be a support system for that family. Help us love them. Help us encourage them. Help us be there for them. As, as each and every step that they're going through, we, we will need to be the pillars that they can stand on as they move forward. Father, help us be ambassadors that you've asked us to be. And that first step could be with Max's family, it could be, but that also it could be with those that we work with. It could be that those that we, we go to school with, that those that we, that we just hang out with on a regular basis. Help us be the ambassador that you've asked us to be and speak the words that you've asked us to speak and love the way that you've asked us to love and help us continue to walk in such a way that grows you and allows people to know who you are. we've done in the past probably isn't going to work for the next steps as we're moving and how we will how we will reach the and how we will reach people for you where that's what you've asked not to, not to thank you in Jesus name that we pray